Go ahead. You start over. Yes, we'll start over. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor of 613 podcast, where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground. My name is Mark Rice, and I am joined by two of my brothers at arms, and that is Mr. Jonathan Denton. Here I am, boys. And Mr. Aaron Wojcik. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. (laughs) So, guys, welcome back. Thank you guys for joining us. We have been digging deep into the whole armor of God, which starts in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And um, we're going to get into the shield of faith today. Yes, sir. The shield of faith. And we do have a special guest here, Mr. James Earl Jones. Many of you guys have probably um, heard his voice in movies. And um, I called in a favor and asked him if he would read a Bible verse for me. And he said he would. So, Mr. Earl Jones, will you read Ephesians Six, sixteen. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So the Apostle Paul, guys, he puts a uh, a pretty strong emphasis on this particular uh, piece of armor by saying, "Above all." taking the shield of faith it's kind of like a warning it's like an attention getter right Right. above all jonathan i need you to take out the trash you know know, something our wives would say telling my wife there you go so what is it about the shield of faith that you know the apostle paul would put such a strong emphasis on it um you know I, i couldn't imagine going out into battle without the shield of faith um without a some type of uh, defense, major defense mechanism, and I think Paul um, placed the right emphasis when he said the shield of faith, and we'll be talking about this for the next 30 minutes or so and, and diving into this, but I, I couldn't imagine going out to battle without it, and I think uh, Paul rightfully put the correct emphasis on the correct piece. Right. When you, when you look at the Roman shield in the day of Apostle Paul's time, um, I did a little research because, as I said before in our last episode, it's always good to see how that piece of armor was used in the physical and then how to bridge the gap to the spiritual. So in in Paul's time of his writing, I was reading about you know what those shields were made out of. Um, they were made out of wood, and they were covered in an animal hide, and they were about the size of a door. So you think about, you know, the size of a door was probably at least 36 inches wide and what, seven foot, seven and a half tall? Yeah. About. Um, Definitely not a contractor or a builder, so I don't know the exact specs of a door, but I'm looking at It's all right. They were probably different back then. You think? Different doors? I don't know. No. But so you have this huge piece. Probably cubits. Cubits. Like 36 cubits. It's probably shorter back then, too. Maybe five-foot doors. Maybe like the size of leprechauns. (laughs) Who knows? But you have this... I'm going to say the size of a door 
like I'm looking at, it's 36, uh, three feet wide and probably about seven Pretty good foot size. Tall. Pretty good size. And you could use that door not only to protect yourself, right? so you get a lot of protection, but you could also use it to push the enemy back, right? Right. So it's kind of like it's a, a shield that is very versatile. So with that size of coverage, you know, you could use that to deflect the enemy sword. You can use it to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And they were actually fiery darts back then. Right. They would take like these hollowed out sticks and they would fill them with a material and set it on fire and shoot it at people. And if you didn't have a shield or any coverage, when that fiery dart hit you, it would explode and you would burn and look like a burnt marshmallow. <laughs> Seriously, I found it on Google. So, um, you know, that that's the shield that we are we are looking at. That's you know in the physical. So in this in the spiritual, you know how how would that shield protect us? Well, you know what type of fiery darts do you think you know the Apostle Paul was talking about? And um, you know when when we dig down into this and we look at this a little bit deeper. That phrase "fiery darts" um, it signifies like a missile type weapon, right? So this is not something to wear like sword against sword, or you know, close combat. This is something to where uh, things are coming from afar. Something that is projected from a distance is coming at you. Um, a dart is something that's thrown. It's launched. Um, it, it's something that's obviously sent from a, a good ways off. And this, he was very specific when he said the fiery darts, the shield of faith protects you from missiles that come from a distance. So the purpose of the shield was to protect against long range attacks. Watch this, that come out of nowhere because those darts can come from any direction right? and you don't know where they're coming from. Like a sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sniper. So let's break it down. And we really haven't referenced this verse as much as what I thought we would. Uh, but, in, you know, our whole deal is armor up 613. But Ephesians 612, chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. I mean, how many has ever been sitting down doing nothing and a crazy thought comes into your mind? I mean, something just out of the blue just hits you. And and that's what you call a fiery dart. Um, it's, it's out of nowhere. A carnal thought hits us. And if we don't have out our shield, if our shield's not up, the fire in that dart will light us up. And before we realize it, we're up in smokes. So I want every man right now, as you're listening to this podcast, I want you to be thinking things that come to you out of nowhere those darts that are just like missiles that have hit you and and possibly quite possibly even right now some men are listening to this and even today some things have come out of nowhere um, you get home from work and all hell breaks loose in your family and it came out of nowhere it's like where did this come from or or maybe if you're a pastor uh, or a preacher a minister and you're listening to this and Maybe there was a day that you walked into your church one day, everything was going great, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. 
in the youth group or maybe in a marriage or in the music department or in the young adults department, Aaron, uh, <laughs> wherever, but all hell breaks loose and it comes out of nowhere. Do you have faith that God can take care of those things that come out of nowhere? That's the shield of faith. Faith is vital too. I mean, faith is the start of everything without faith, without your belief in God, then, then God is not released to do anything for you anyway. Um, throughout the Bible, it was faith that, that allowed people to be healed. When Jesus was ministering and healing people, he, he would often refer that to their faith. Like it was, right. it was by their faith that they were healed or delivered. <clears throat> and, and so faith is vital in, uh, First John five four it says for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Um, and so it, it it is very appropriate that a shield that Paul would refer to a shield and call it faith because you know we have to believe that it is Christ who will deliver us and have faith in, in that our victory will come through him because he, and he's unable to work. It's not that he chooses not to, or we have to, you know, earn it or anything like that, but we just have to believe. And once we believe, then God is, is released to come in and do what, what he needs to do in our life. I think this is a key point is that our problems don't move God. Our problems don't move God. Your needs and and your needs that you need God to meet today, that's not going to move God. God is not moved by your problem. God is moved by your faith. Right. Our faith is what moves God. Uh, it's impossible to have faith in God and not see God move in your life. And and I want to know today on this podcast how many men out there are living by faith. Now, growing up what you were talking about, Aaron, a faith that, okay, yeah, we believe in God and we know God can do it. It's one thing to, to have faith in God, but it's another thing to walk in faith. And are you living a life like Abraham had that says, I choose to walk by faith. And the apostle Paul talks about this shield of faith. That shield of faith is going to protect you because when you're walking by faith, guess what you're doing? You're walking, holding God's hand. That's going, right. God, I don't understand. I, I don't get all this, but what I do know is, is that my trust is in you, and I know that whatever problem comes out of my way when I'm walking by faith, God, you got my back and you got it. And you know, talking about we're talking about faith, Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it is impossible to even please God, for he that comes to God must must believe that he is, and that. He is a re- rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Right. So if you're walking around today without faith, we can't, it says it is impossible. There's no way you can please God if you don't even have faith in him. That you, like you don't even, you don't even trust him enough that he can take care of that situation when all hell breaks loose in your life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of the difficult part. I know in my life personally, there's been things that I know is a fiery dart. I know that it's a temptation. I know it's a it's an evil thought, and, and in those moments, there's it's a struggle sometimes for me to believe that God can actually keep me from going ahead and doing what it is that I want. And I know we all make choices, and there's unfortunately God doesn't come in and physically restrain us from sin. I wish that that it worked that way, 
but it doesn't. But sometimes, sometimes the biggest hurdle is actually having not a faith that God is is there, and that we, I mean, we all usually can accomplish at least believing in God, but believing that He can actually help us to make good choices and to and to refrain from from giving in to temptation sometimes is the hardest act of faith to to accomplish right so we're in a spiritual warfare right we're in a spiritual battle and paul is saying above all take this peace with you okay so we're saying i mean this is just so important like this this peace i feel like paul like i can just hear his voice like please listen to me if if you could just remember one thing above all take this you're going to need this the most being that soldier out on the battlefield, it doesn't matter. You could have your helmet on. You can have the breastplate on. You got your shoes, your sword. But if you don't have a way to defend yourself, right? right. If you don't have a way to cover yourself, then you are truly leaving yourself open to the enemy. Think about this, guys. <clears throat> You're out here in a spiritual warfare. And Jonathan, you said it very well to where the enemy is firing these darts from far away. We don't know where exactly where they're coming from, right? But you don't have your shield with you, and the enemy is shooting off the fiery dart of temptation, right. whether that's pornography, whether that's drugs, whether that's alcohol, whether, guys, you name that temptation in your life, okay? What about the fiery dart of depression? Right. How many guys out there listening right now can say that you are, you are battling depression? Right. I've fought depression before. Matter of fact, the suicide rate in men is at an all time high. What about the fiery dart of fear and anxiety and worry? Right. Men, you're out on a battlefield and these things are coming at you. They're coming at you to kill you, to hurt you, to destroy you and to steal away from you. And what about the fiery dart of a low self-esteem? Right. Right. Doubt and and bondage in your life. Those are the types of darts that the enemy is trying to fight you with. That's what he is shooting at you. And if you don't have your shield, my friends, that will pierce your very heart and it'll pierce your very soul and burn you. Right. And some people never recover. So I would as you guys listen to this, remember there's a reason why Paul uses the, the the words before he gets into. It. He says, "Above all, right, take this with you. Right, you are truly going to need it. You have a choice to either be consumed by the fiery dart or be consumed by the power of God, because it's a fiery dart. It's a fire that will consume you. So you have a choice: Are you going to be consumed by that missile?" Are you going to be consumed by that dart or are you going to be consumed by God's spirit? Let's break it down. And I want to just hone in on something that you just said about depression. Is depression going to consume you or are you going to have faith that God can lift you up out of that? Are you going to be consumed with anxiety and with worry? Because, um, you know, if my weakness is definitely anxieties and worries, that's, that's where my weakness lies. And I can easily become consumed with worries or I can become become consumed with faith in God that God's got this. 
I don't have to worry. The Bible says cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. There's a lot of men right now that's listening to this podcast that you're so anxious about your finances. You don't know uh, the next check coming in, if it's going to cover everything. There's a lot of pastors out there that's listening to this that you're worried about the sheep. You're worried about the church. You're worried about a lot of things. There's a lot of men out there right now that's so anxious for so much, and you have a choice. These darts are coming at your life. Are you going to be consumed with that? Or are you going to be consumed with faith in God? And as I as I listen to you guys talk about this, I think one thing that's that stuck out to me when I was thinking about a shield, uh, it was raining buckets this morning. And so when I got to work, I got out my big, huge umbrella, and I was walking into work, and, and the umbrella shielded me from the rain. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I was I was confident in my umbrella, you know, it did its job, but just imagine the thing about it is rain is not life and death. The worst that could have happened if my umbrella failed me was I would have got wet. But if I was on a battleground and I had a shield and it was the only thing between me and, and the fiery darts or whatever, you know, it, it, it's not, it has nothing to do with my skill. You don't hear anybody say, well, he was, he was really good with a shield. I mean, it was like, he was, he was an expert you know, he was an expert at the That's shield. A great he was point. an ex. Yeah, he was excellent. The shield, shield is the one weapon. I don't say the only weapon, but it was a weapon that the person holding that shield right. had to put their faith in that shield. That's true. I mean, if it was made of animal skin, like you said, yeah, they had to have some major faith because I'd be sitting there thinking, you know, surely we could have found a sturdier material to make this thing out of. Well, it was made of wood covered with animal skin. Okay. So- Maybe that's a little bit better. There you but go. the point, of, the point of, that I'm making here is <clears throat> the point of a shield is that you give up control. And your control, you've, you've given up and you're putting your trust in the shield. Or in this case, your faith is in God. You know, a, a, a soldier has to have faith in his shield. He's, he's at this point of the battle, he's not necessarily advancing. Right. Or, or you know, he's not. He's not going for the jugular. He he's he is in a defense mode, and he's right. got this shield up, and and it either works or it doesn't. At that point, he has put all of his, you know, the the fate his fate rests in that shield alone. And I think sometimes <clears throat> when we fight against things, it is the it is most difficult to give up control. Mm. And you, some of you heard Jonathan saying, "You you choose this or that." And so some of you are probably in in a a quandary right now going, well, how do I choose? And sometimes we put so much effort into trying to to force things to happen. Like if I could just do this or why can't I do that? Why why do I keep doing this? And and what it all comes down to, and and this is is such a man thing, is is having to control the situation. Right. And what happens is we we get to trying to control it so much that that God is unable to to come in and and do what he needs to do and and sometimes the true power and the true freedom is going to come not in control but in us just giving up that control and submitting to him completely and allowing him to come in and 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 trust that he's going to come in and do what we need that's so good and i want to read this scripture because it ties in perfect with what you're saying Aaron and it's a old testament story that if you grew up in church, you're you're pretty familiar with. Uh, in Daniel chapter three, verses seventeen through eighteen, the Bible says, "If if that is the case, our God, 
whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. All right, so we're talking about the the three Hebrew boys going into the fire, and the Bible says it's a fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But watch this. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. The shield is associated with faith because if we don't believe God's going to protect us, then you know why do we do what we do? They never saw the hand of God until they went into the fire. Oh, man. Then when they got in the fire, they not only saw the hand of God, but they witnessed the powerful saving hand of God and the image of God. Our faith in God not only protects us from the enemy, but our faith allows us to see God's power at work. It's it's an amazing thing that says, okay, I'm getting ready to go into a fiery furnace, and I know I've got my, my shield of faith up, and I know that God's got my back. And, and you don't see the hand of God until you get into the fiery furnace. And when you see the fiery furnace, that's when the almighty hand of God steps in and says, I got your back, boy. You ain't got nothing to worry about. It's so yeah. awesome to have that type of God that we can depend upon. And it, and it builds your faith, too. Because, again, going back to the shield, if you go into battle and that shield gets shot with 100 arrows and not uh, not one of them gets through the next time you go into battle with that shield you're going to be a little more bold with it right Right. and and so as you as you overcome and as you see god defeat battles or defeat enemies for you and you you figure out it's not through strategies or or willpower exercise or anything like this it's just in allowing god to be god and you figure out that for yourself then every time you face that that enemy again you have more strength, not in your own abilities, but in relying on God. Right. So, we're, we're talk- this shield, and what I was, ima- you know, in my head, what I was thinking as you guys were talking, is <clears throat> the shield represents faith, right? In the in the physical world, you know, these soldiers, this huge shield covered them. It was almost make it like it made a barrier, right? Right. So as the enemy is coming at you, whether it be with fiery darts or maybe trying to engage you in wrestling, as that enemy comes to you, you're covered by faith. Right. By faith. So when that enemy in the spiritual comes at you, he can't touch you. Right. Because there's a barrier between you and the enemy. Right. What is it? It's your faith. Faith. It's that faith in God. It's that faith that, you know... God, you are going to take care of this. Right. I don't have to worry. I have my shield of faith, and you have surrounded me, and you have covered me to where this enemy cannot touch me. Yeah. When depression comes at you, hold tight to your shield of faith. Right. Because he cannot touch you, because he cannot get through that uh, seven foot by three foot wall that you have. Right. It is a barrier between you and the enemy. So if you don't have that shield of faith, right, you don't have the protection that God intended you to have, right? Right. Your shield of faith does several things. There's there's five things that I wrote down that it does. Is that your your faith shield is the first line of defense. Your faith shield is the first line of defense. So the next time something comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. okay. The next time a situation pops up and you're going, where did this come from? 
your first line of defense is, okay, am I going to have faith that God can help me through this or am I, or am I just going to try to do this on my own? Number two, is your faith shield guards you? Number three, your faith shield deflects the enemy's darts. Like you was just talking, the enemy cannot get to you. It deflects it. Number four, your faith shield can literally stop the enemy in his tracks. How Think powerful that. is that? Man, you can, you can, and I think one of you guys just said it a while ago, you can push the enemy back with that faith shield. I mean, you're not only just, and, and oh man, this just kind of come to me, like just kind of envisioning it, because it's not just in a defensive stance. You can charge the enemy like with a riot that, shield. Yeah, with that shield yes. that pushes him back. That says, you know what? Not only are you not going to get me with the fiery darts, but I'm pushing your offensive line back with this shield going, my faith is in God. And number five is there is strength when you get multiple faith shields together. Absolutely, which will segue into um, my next point. Thinking of the size of this and the shape of the shield, right? You're talking about if you if you get multiple linked up. So this shield, I found a picture. I don't know if you guys were able to see it on the Google Drive. Yeah. I'm going to pass that on. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Aaron, did you see it? Mm-hmm. So what I'm, I'm going to post this in the show notes. And um, what I'm going to describe to you is exactly what this is about. <clears throat> Okay, we are in the army of God. We are in this together. Okay? And when you get your your fellow fellow brothers in their faith shields together, just like the Roman soldiers what they would do is they would form a block. You have people on the front that have their shields up. You have people in the back that have their that uh, that so you're protecting, you're making a wall. And then the people behind them would raise their shields up to make a roof, a protective covering. Right. So as the darts, the fiery darts are coming down, you have you have this rooftop that is deflecting it. So you don't have to like you're being protected from all sides. That is also the importance That's of awesome. having brothers that you can depend on. Right. People that will lift you up, people that will pray for you, people that you know have your back spiritually. Your battle buddies in this you cannot do this alone. You cannot go through this spiritual warfare by yourself. You just can't do it. Right. And that's the importance of having people that you can be accountable to, people who you can trust with your with the things that you struggle with, that can lift you up in prayer, that person that you can text and say, hey, man, I am really struggling today. Can you just say a prayer with me? Maybe just send me a word of hope, a word of encouragement. Because the reason why people, men, that we are getting blasted every day. You don't have accountability partners. Right. And some of us have lost our shield. Yep. We have lost our shield of faith and we have no idea where we've left it. But, good. but the important part, thankfully, and I just want to share a little something about some things that I went through a couple years ago. There was a time that me being that soldier, I lost my shield of faith. I lost my faith in God. I lost my faith in myself and my ministry. I lost faith that I would ever recover from the road that I walked down. But thankfully, I had brothers that shared their shield with me. Right. They said, get underneath my cover. Yeah. I'll hold a shield up around you. Just kind of like you have that umbrella, right? Well, you could probably slide somebody underneath there, maybe help shield them from the rain. 
thankfully there were elders in my life that said, get underneath here. I know you don't have your shield right now, but get underneath mine until we get yours back. And so I was a wounded soldier and I was protected by my elders and I was protected by my brothers that would pray for me and lift me up and help cover me by their shield of faith. Right. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about this, the whole armor of God that God has given us. And we've said this, and I know you've heard it before, but there's nothing to cover the backside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've always talked about because God's only made you to go forward and not backwards. But I want to also bring up another point to that. Maybe because it's your brother that's supposed to have your back. Wow. So if you're moving forward with the armor of God, you have no defense on the backside. Maybe it's your brother's responsibility to have your back because what you're talking about with those shields is the only way you could do it is from one stance, but you got four of the brothers beside you, around you. That's right. They're covering every other side. And I think, men, this is where we need to step up uh, our game um, as a whole, and I think we need to to hold our our friends and, and brothers accountable and even if they're not allowing full accountability within their life, if you see a brother slipping or if you see something, if you have some discernment and you say, you know what, man, I see something going on within your life that is, it just doesn't look right. You need to bring that to their attention because, and I know it's very awkward for men to do that, but you have to push past that awkwardness and say, you know what? Your salvation means more to me than anything else, and I want you saved. And say something to a brother. Say, hey, look, man, I've been praying for you. Uh, I've seen you've been slipping in some areas, and I just want you to know I have your back. Absolutely. I think it's very important, too, that as, along with accountability, that we are not ashamed to talk about our own struggles, yes. right. especially struggles that we have overcome. Um, and, and honestly, if you're still ashamed to talk about something and you felt like you overcome it, but you're ashamed to talk about it, then I, I would say that there's still some things you need to work out or maybe it, it's just something that you haven't gotten comfortable with. But the point is, you know, as far as the little literal image of covering each other with shields, I think in, in the spiritual though. When it comes to faith and increasing faith, sometimes to testify or to, to talk about the things that God has done for you will give hope to that man who's struggling in silence. Right. And he has he doesn't have the courage yet or the, maybe the desperation mm-hmm. to seek help. But if he hears people talking about, hey, you know what, they they worked it out. They were in a bad place, too, and they got there. You know, maybe, maybe I can, too. And so some of that sometimes... Is, is not only it's it's freedom for you to testify for, of what God has done for you, but it also will bring freedom to others. Absolutely. And just to speak to that, like, so my wife and I, we, we lead small groups at our church. And um, we had one of our lessons, you know, and it was something like we didn't really know how much we really wanted to talk about. And I'm comfortable with it because, like you said, Aaron, my testimony, my wife's testimony, I'm not ashamed of it. I was at one time, but I'm not ashamed of it now because I realize how many people it's already touched and how many people it's already um, affected in a positive way. But I shared with our small group how my wife and I, we were separated for six months back in 2015. And there was a time, I'd probably say a handful of times, where we actually talked about 
how are we going to we going to sell the house or we how are we going to split the money what are we going to do with the dogs we had it all we were we were lining it all out Jonathan 11 30 12 o'clock at night my wife shows up to the house and you know here we are having this conversation and through that thankfully God healed our marriage God used um, an elder to really just speak raw to me and to talk to me and to open up to me. He shared his testimony, which gave me hope. He shared his testimony of his struggles and his failures in his marriage and in his life that gave me hope because I looked up, I look up to this man and he's no longer with us, brother Johnny Biggs. I looked at him and said, man, you're such a great man of God. And you went through that. Right. And look, look how you overcame and look how many people you've impacted. And in that short amount of time, like he impacted me more in four or five, six months than I could ever have imagined. And so now fast forward, you know, my wife and I, she moved back in, you know, six months later in 2015, people at church had no idea what was going on except for Jonathan and Brandy and our pastor, maybe just a very select few. Nobody really knew. And I really didn't want to talk about it because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. And uh, I just I opened up in small groups class and I shipped that you guys can look at us like we have a great marriage. But this is what we've been through. Look what God did. Right. Look what God did. If he can restore me. I never thought I would be sitting here today with you guys, Aaron and Jonathan, putting a podcast together. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Absolutely. And be able to speak my voice right. to you men and let you know that God can restore you. He can restore your faith. He can restore your ministry. And he can restore your marriage. But you cannot give up. And you cannot quit. And I got to open up to our small group. And after the small group, one of the guys came to me and he said, how did you do it? I said, how did I do what? How did you get your wife back? I said, I obeyed God. I just knew that I had to obey God through that six months, through temptations, when the enemy was knocking on my door every night. Just obey God. Stay faithful. Stay the course, and God will restore your marriage. Absolutely. And he just said, man, he looked me dead in my eyes and he just said, you just gave me all the hope that I need. I couldn't ask for any more because if the six months that I went separated from my wife would encourage and give somebody else hope who has gone through that or is going through that, man, it was worth it. It was worth it. And now I have such a foundation, such a love not only for God, thankfully, I take this so much more serious than I ever did, but also a love and appreciation for my wife, right? Right. It's just absolutely amazing what God has done in our life. And so whoever's listening to this, maybe you're, you're, you've walked down the same road, you're, been in, you're in these shoes right now, I'm telling you, God can do absolutely anything, anything. I want to maybe bring up a, another side of this, another view of this for men that are listening to this is that um, you may not have an accountability partner. You may not have any other brothers to have your back, uh, but you're married 
And uh, I, I want to challenge the the married men that's listening to this to use what God has given you within your home, because as the priest of your home, as the man of the house, it's okay to have your wife as an accountability partner. It's okay to have your wife holding the shield of faith with you. Right. And if you could just picture, you know, what Mark has on the the, the picture that he's going to be posting uh, with those shields surrounded. That that needs to be needs to be the image of our families, to where children have their shields of faith up, the wife has her shield of faith up, that the home has to be strengthened, um, and and Mark, that's a such a powerful testimony, and I know that some men's some men's lives will be changed because of that, and um, I want to I want to challenge the men, get your wives together and let them help keep you accountable, and and I'll agree with that. I mean, for me personally, that that has been a a life-changing thing. I think Jonathan, you talked about it in a previous episode about that. You've said it somewhere. I know you've said it somewhere, but that marriage is a reflection of, of the total nature of God. Cause right. God is both male and female. And, and there's, right. there, there needs to be both of those natures. And so in a marriage, both of those natures are, are joined back together so you have everything that a man is, but also everything that a woman is. And so a lot of times I've seen people fight battles on their own in, yeah. within their house. And, and maybe that's probably mostly pride or shame. But I, I remember there was a time, and I don't know if I can't remember if I've shared this before, but there was a time when I had to look my wife in the eye and confess everything that I was struggling with as far as pornography. And the shame was, was just almost overpowering in that moment and the fear of, of what she's, how is she going to respond? And I, you know, I got to the point of desperation to where I was able to do it. And, uh, I think we were sitting on the couch watching TV and probably something stupid, just laughing and all every, she was laughing, being normal. And I was like trying to hold back tears because I, I was at a breaking point. And I finally just kind of walked around and sat down on the coffee table and facing her. And I was crying my eyes out, telling her all this stuff. And, and you know, she just kind of looked at me and she took it all in. And, and she got up and put her arms around me and told me that, you know, she loved me and that we were going to we were going to work it out. And she wanted to help me in, in any way she could. And her response just blew my mind. And and ever since then, she has been my, my best accountability partner because, I mean, she's always there. But through that, we've, able, we've, been, we've been able to be a strength to each other. And there's no, there's no battle, personal battle that we face that we don't come to each other and talk about it. And, and through that, our marriage took on another layer of strength that it never would have had if, if we'd been trying to fight our battles separately. And so there's so much power and strength that can be gained through, through that accountability. And I've heard some people say you shouldn't share stuff with your wife that, you know, and and again, I I don't agree with that just because my personal experience is, is if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I would still be struggling and, you know, and I have accountability. I have other accountability, and I think you should have more than one. I mean, again, the, the point of accountability is not just for you. It's also for the other people, you know. So we, we look for accountability, not just for ourselves, but 
you know, the more people that we can affect. Again, coming back to the shield metaphor is the more people you're covering right. and the Absolutely. more shields you have yeah. around you, the more, you know, fortified that you are. Um, but again, like that accountability thing in your home, you know, and that, and that spread, it spread to our children. Again, I'm not saying I'm accountable to my children, but my, what I, what my point is that is, is we have such a, an attitude in, in, in like kind of a, uh, philosophy in our house that if you struggle with something we we need to know about it because you don't want to struggle in silence and so That's we're exactly teaching right. our, our kids even though you know they're young enough they're not struggling with with really hard stuff right right now but we're instilling that into them that even you know if you've had a bad day at school oliver you tell me about it and he knows he'll come to me and say hey dad i had a bad day you know, and I'm instilling that openness in him now. Even if it's something he's embarrassed about or he did something that he knows he's going to get in trouble, he still comes and talks to me. And I, I constantly am trying to foster that attitude in him. And it, again, it comes from, you know, he sees that in me and my wife. Right. So we've been talking about our how our wives, our helpmates, how we can be accountable to them. But Jonathan, Aaron, either one of you guys answer this. So what would we say to that young man that who's not married and maybe he, he doesn't have a family who is rooted and grounded in the word of God, you know, what can we do? What can we say to them? Like if they're struggling and maybe they feel like they're out there by themselves, you know, what can we say to them to give them an idea of, of how to, how to overcome in a sense? You know, a couple of things. Number one is I'd say find an elder within the church that you know you can trust. Um, you know, most <laughs> I remember when in the early twenties, you know, and uh, you know, early on in life, like you feel so awkward talking about things. You know, it feels shameful talking about things because it's so fresh and so new. And the older I've I've gotten, you know, those things are just it's second nature. It's a part of our sinful nature as men. You know, and so I just remember at a young age not being married and thinking, can I talk about this to somebody else? And I want to tell every young man, yes, you can. You can. Uh, Whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter. It may not be pornography. It may not be uh, something lustful. It may be something totally different that you're struggling with. But the point of the matter is this, is find an elder within the church. Find somebody that you can confide in, and I promise you, I promise you, you you will feel a huge sense of relief. Uh, when you get that off your shoulders, and this is the thing, is that you're you're not putting your faith in men, you're putting your faith in God. Uh, I want to tell these young men something: God loves you more than anything. Absolutely. And uh, I, I uh, preached this yesterday at church. Is that when God saved us, He didn't save us so bad would be turned to good. He He saved us so death could be turned into life. Uh, we're never going to be good enough, but we can be alive. And um, young men, you can be alive. I thought oh, you want me to answer. I thought you'd chime in. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I deal with younger men, um, yeah. dealing with the young adults, and I've found that they are they are more comfortable talking about some of the issues that my generation had trouble. And I think a lot of that is is as a as the body of Christ, we're getting better at at some of these topics about being open. Yeah, right. you know some. Well, I mean, when we were teenagers, you didn't come and confess some of the things that we openly confess now. 
because you would have been looked at differently. You would have been judged. And, you you know, even if it wasn't, I'm not talking saying that people were evil or mean or church people are horrible. I'm just saying that those kinds of things, it wasn't, it wasn't common. Right. And, and, and it was common. It was happening. But because no one was talking about it, it didn't feel common. Right. And so now that that the accountability and openness is is sort of gaining some ground, that the generations coming behind us are finding it easier to talk about things. And so I I think that that you know accountability is 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 happening more. That's great. It's a culture that's being created. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and that's a great thing, but we we still have pride. We still have everything that has has stopped that openness in the past is still is still there. And so while it's accepted more when when confession actually does happen, you know, it, it it's not it's not shocking us anymore. The pride that that blocks a lot of that is still there. And uh, I think the more that we can talk about that and say, hey, you know, the reason you don't want to show that weakness is pride. And, and the Bible says pride cometh before destruction. Right. And if you don't deal with that pride, you know, then then you're going to continue down that road. You got to have faith that God's going to love you regardless of your behavior. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to have a lot of shortcomings and failures. And your faith is in a God that says, you know what, I love you regardless of that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you continue in that. Should we continue to sin? The grace may abound. God forbid. You know, you got to stop the behavior. But at the same time, you got to have faith in God that God's going to love you regardless of that. Absolutely. Man, I this uh, I think this episode could probably go on and on. Yeah. Uh, man, we'll, we'll go Good ahead. Good stuff. It is. Um, I want to pray for the men who are out there listening um, today. This has been a pretty, I won't say heavy, but man, this is, I know it's good for me. I I can get emotional talking about my testimony because I'm just very overwhelmed at um, God's grace and God's mercy in my life and to see where, you know, where I am today with my wife in ministry and um, just in life. I'm, very much grateful and appreciative and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that but I also wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my brothers that didn't leave me behind when I was wounded in the battlefield that's another topic you know yeah sure <laughs> leaving your wounded behind right um I had brothers that believed in me and still believe in me and still lift me up and you know that's why I'm sitting here today. Amen. I'm very grateful. And Aaron and Jonathan are two of those guys, and that's why I'm very honored that they're even a part of this project with me. And um, it's what makes it that much more special, and I mean that. So, Hey, it's uh, your podcast. We're just helping. <laughs> you'll never let me live that down. <laughs> I want to pray for you men that are listening today because I'm, I've, you, we're recording this. It's October 15th. It's 7.33 p.m. We're sitting in Pastor Jonathan Denton's office, and whenever you, whenever this episode drops, I just have enough crazy faith to believe that the right person at the right time is going to be listening to this Amen. episode. That's, that's just how I feel. And I want to send this prayer out to you right now and uh, pray that God will move. Amen. So, 
Heavenly Father, first of all, I want to just thank you for this platform that you have given us today. I thank you for the opportunity that we can put a podcast out there to reach um, as many men as you allow. And I want to pray for that man that's driving in his car to work or maybe sitting at his desk. Um, maybe he's just taking some time to relax and, and feed himself something um, spiritual. I pray that you will touch that man, maybe the struggles that he is going through. I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that they are going through, Lord, that you will see them through it and that they would put on that shield of faith and stand firm in your love and your mercy and your grace, God, because you are greater, you are bigger than any situation, any problem, anything, God. And I want to thank you for every person that's listening to this. And I pray that your lives are are enriched and that you would continue to walk in the faith and that you will armor up and that you will put on the whole armor of God so you can be successful and victorious against the enemy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you guys so much again for being here. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everything will be in the show notes. Check out the website, armorup613.com. You can join our free member site. You can get access to all of our blogs, our podcast updates, our show notes, and other free material that will help you be prepared in the spiritual battleground. So join us on our next episode of Armor Up 613, and we are going to be discussing the helmet of salvation. How about that? All right, guys. So remember, it's not a playground. It's a battleground. We'll catch you on the next episode. I want to be a cartoon voice one day, boys. That would be so much fun.